Have you noticed the word authenticity coming up more often in everyday conversation? There could be a reason for that. Studies by Harvard Business Review show that authenticity leads to higher engagement, more productivity, and most importantly, overall happiness. Society can sometimes tell us that five-figure handbags, rich husbands, foreign cars, and being a size zero is the way, but I'm here to say that being yourself, whoever you are, is the key to happiness. On this episode, I'm going to talk about why you should be yourself, give you the hacks to authenticity, talk about why it's an every single day practice, and give you simple guide to being, well, yourself. You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. This is a podcast dedicated to self-improvement, self-discovery, living your best life, and managing your money. I'm your host, Ella, and I hope you enjoy listening today. Friends, and welcome back to For Better Self and Net Worth. It's Ella, your host. And I just want to give you guys a little background on what inspired this episode. This was being recorded on July the 7th, 2021. And July the 4th, we celebrate freedom. Or here in America, we, that's what we celebrate, 1976, when the Constitution was written and we had the freedom from Britain. And when I think about freedom, I just think of the personal freedoms that I have every single day, the freedom to be who I am, the freedom to practice my spirituality, the freedom to have my podcast, to have this platform, and just how grateful I am for it. And when I think about freedom, I think of one of the most freeing words of advice that I've ever gotten and just personal freeing things I've ever heard in my life. And this was from one of my high school English teachers. Her name was Deanna Carey. We were talking about getting up in front of people and speaking, just the student body, how they reacted to it and how we treated each other. And she said to me that when she realized that other people were more concerned with what other people thought of them than they were about her and what she was doing, she said it felt so much freedom. And if they were hyper-focused on what you were doing, they were hyper-focused for a reason. So they're showing you love or hate, they're questioning you. Altogether, it's just admiration and disguise. When you realize that, there's just so much freedom to it, and there's just more freedom to be who you are and to be yourself because you're going to get negative feedback. You're going to get criticism. No matter what you do, you might as well do what you love and be true to who you are. Before I go further into the freedom of being yourself, I'm going to talk about the book of the week, and this book ties right into living out your purpose and living with authenticity. And this book is a book I read four years ago with a Bible study, and it's called Wonder Life. Wonder Life is written by Mike Foster, and the synopsis is it says it's a not-so-perfect guide to who you are and why you're here. What's really cool about this book is it's interactive. So you get to write alongside it. You get questions that are asked about your life, your first memories, kind of what molded you to be who you were, and you get to write through it. And this book is great for personal growth. You can spend about five minutes in it each day. I actually played in it for about six months. I would take 
certain amount of time per week to invest into it, to work in this workbook. And then I would review it, of course, with my small group. But you can do this solo as well. It's got just activities. If you don't like reading, this is actually perfect for you because you only read just a little bit. It's got a little activity, self-discovery. You've got pages that you can just color. So get your colored pencils out and you color through it. So what kind of story you would write about yourself. Here's one page. It says perfect is so boring. So it lets you go ahead and make it just a big mess on the page. And you just recall your memories. Two of the biggest takeaways I did get from this book that I'll never forget is one exercise where you listed the 10 things that you love the most. And after you listed those 10 things, he goes back and says, okay, out of those 10 things, where did you rank yourself? That's powerful because a lot of times people will list those 10 things and forget to think of themselves and forget to think of who they are. This book also has a section in it a saying where you say to yourself that you are unashamed of the things that you love and care about. Now, sometimes in everyday life, we tend to want to blend in. We want to fit in with everybody else. So we don't necessarily talk about the things that we love to do. I know I'm not much of a television person. I'm more into reading books, but I can still share that in a space with my friends who prefer to watch TV, or I've recently taken up hydroponic gardening. I can kind of talk about that in the space just learning new hobbies throughout. I love going for long walks. There's things that I love to do that will eventually connect with other people. And there's things that I love that eventually will make me stand out from other people as well. But this book is extremely powerful. You, again, you could spend like a couple minutes a day in it. It's all about self-development. Something I will say is it is connected to the Bible. So if you're not a religious person, this may not be your favorite book, or even if you aren't a religious person, you might like this book as well because it's all about finding your unique purpose in life and to appreciate everything that makes up yourself. So that is the book I recommend. You can find them on Amazon. Last I checked, there was only one left in stock. Like I said, I've had this book for about four years. And at the bottom, you write... On the very front cover of the book, it'll say it's written by Mike Foster and mine is like Mike Foster and Ella, but you write in your own personal name. So this is just a cool chance for you to write your own story. And I just think I'm actually going to read it again because it's extremely powerful, the things that you discover about yourself and how engaging in this book is really just investing back into yourself and who you are. So before you write me off and say, yeah, I know how to be myself. Thank you very much. Or if you do question if you're being yourself or not, I want you to ask yourself four questions. The first question I want to ask yourself is, do you live the life you want for yourself? The best possible life. Gage it. How happy are you with the decisions that you've made? Have you made those decisions for yourself? Or are there external influences? Are you living the life your friends told you to live? Are you living the life that would please your family members? Are you living the life that society tells you is the perfect life? How happy are you actually? Gauge that first. The second, do you ever compare your life to others? Now, there's a healthy level of that. Do you find yourself scrolling on social media wishing you had that life? 
that might be the unhealthy part of it. But comparison is something you just want to stay away from altogether because you have a unique purpose on this earth and you should be focusing on what you're doing way more than you focus on other people. So if you find yourself in comparison, reevaluate that. That means you could, well, you're not letting yourself be happy if you're comparing yourself to others. The third question, do you ever silence yourself or inconvenience yourself to please others? And then we kind of get in situations like that where I know personally, I won't talk about my politics or anything around mixed company because I don't want to get in an argument, but have you ever silenced yourself because you don't want to offend somebody else or step on their toes? If somebody is coming at you, putting you down, attacking the way you look, the way you talk, the way you act, take, please, please take up for yourself. You have every right to take up for yourself and who you are. Or if somebody is asking you a question only to get the answer that they want to hear, you shouldn't feel obligated to tell them what they want to hear. You should just be honest as long as what you're speaking is life-giving and not putting someone else down. But again, a lot of times, and women especially, I know men listen to this podcast too, but women especially tend tend to minimize ourselves or we tend to basically silence ourselves because we want to blend in and we want to please others. Being yourself should be your ultimate goal. And you know what? The people that are meant to be in your life, the people that you're meant to be around are going to love you for who you're being instead of, you know, you put the mask that you are wearing in front of them. I heard this before. It says, it's better to be hated for you are than loved for who you are not. I strongly agree with that. So don't silence yourself. Don't change your personality to please others. If you feel like you have to do that, then you're not meant to be around those people. Number four, do the choices you make every day actually benefit you? Realistically, you're going to be doing things every day to help other people. When you work, you're working for your team. When you volunteer, you're volunteering for those people. You you are here to serve others, but you also have to make sure that you're getting some kind of benefit out of it. There is this old adage where if you go on a global mission trip, people will ask you, why are you going on a global mission trip when you can help people in your backyard? That is true, but going on a global mission trip, and this is just one example, you're actually getting educated. You're doing something in yourself to make you better at your craft of doing ministry, medical missions, whatever it is you're doing. So a lot of things that you do are going to educate you or going to help you grow. Five, have you ever pretended like you agreed with something or pretended that you liked something for acceptance to or to avoid conflict? Now, this is just an example I have for when I pretended to like something just to fit in. I absolutely loved my neighbors that I had a couple years ago, and I wanted to spend more time with them. Well, for this, they did Bachelor Mondays, and it just so happened the company I worked for loved to discuss The Bachelor after it aired on Monday nights. I personally cannot stand a reality TV show. I find it extremely vapid. I find it just, well, inauthentic, I guess I would say. And the culture of watching these shows as I have seen it, or as I've watched with my friends, is 
they pick out the person that they're rooting for and who they want to win. So sorry about that. I just got cut off. But what I got from people watching The Bachelor is that they pick out who they want to win. And that show, the idea is just pitting women against each other, not just for quote unquote The Bachelor, the person that they're probably engaged to for two weeks. It is making sure you're rooting for one person and wanting one person to win because you like that person better. Someone you don't even know, someone who is probably scripted to say what they're saying on TV or act the way that they are. You're actually rooting for one person to beat out the other girls or you're cheering when the other girl that you don't like get sent home. I'm sorry, that drove me nuts. It drove me crazy. And I remember engaging in conversations thinking, oh yeah, that Corinne girl, she's so weird. She's so crazy. I can't believe she did that or said that on the show. Oh, I really hope that Joelle wins. It, I mean, I've caught myself engaged in that conversation and I thought, okay, I really don't know these people. I'm really not that emotionally invested into it. But I watched that show, spent hours, hours a week. I think that show runs for two or three hours watching it just to engage in conversation when honest to God, I could care less about whoever the person picks. Not only did I watch a season of that show, I remember it getting out of control. There was the bachelorette and I really liked that girl because she had two older brothers and then it was all about who she was going to pick. I watched a few episodes of that just here and there, basically just to be with a company that I was with, be with my friends, and then to be able to talk about it at work the next day. And then when I realized I had to draw the line and just <laughs> remove myself from the situation is when they had that show where they send, it's like bachelors and bachelorettes, and they send them to, Bachelor in Paradise is what it's called. They send them to this island and encourage them to drink a lot of alcohol and make bad decisions and decisions where they don't respect themselves. When I saw that, when it hit that point, I had to draw the line. I said, guys, I, I can't do this anymore. I cannot watch this show. If you want to have a Game of Thrones party or if you want to watch Reruns of Sex and City, let me know. I'm happy to host that. But I just had to draw a line there. But when I think about pretending to like something just to fit in, that is the first thing that comes to mind. Now, if you like the show, if you love watching Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, if you love those shows, please don't take offense. That's not me attacking it necessarily. That's just me saying that I pretended to like something I didn't and to talk about why I didn't really like that shows. I don't really like any reality TV show. And another set of before, I don't watch a whole lot of television. I'm slowly streaming Mad Men right now. I might reactivate my Netflix subscription if Stranger Things comes back. I think it is actually coming back. But again, I don't spend a lot of time watching the TV. So whatever I say about your favorite TV show, please don't take offense. But that's just something that makes me uniquely myself, is not liking those shows. Liking science fiction and Harry Potter and Game of Thrones and, you know, weird fantasy shows. Stranger Things, 80s, like Stephen King's type things. Liking that myself, that's what makes me unique. You know, it's hard to find other people that like the same things I do, but I also appreciate the fact that the TV shows I watch may differ from what my friends are watching each and every day. I'm back after the sponsored message, and let me go ahead and let you guys know that the sound quality is going to sound a little different now. I attempted to record on that MacBook Pro that I invested into, and for some reason, the MacBook's only letting me record for five minutes at a time, whereas 
with my Blue Yeti and this five-year-old computer, I can record through here for 30 minutes at a time. So you know which option I'm going to go with. So here I am back to the older equipment, but more reliable. If you know somebody that works on MacBooks and specializes in microphone issues or can help me work around this, please let me know. I'll pay money and I'll be forever grateful for it. But after that side note, I want to go into how to be yourself. So we talked about the advantages of being yourself and what may cause you from being yourself in situations wise. But when I talk about more authenticity, I'm going to tell you guys about feeling more alive. So when you're being yourself, you're feeling more alive in life. You're going to love your life more. And even though you may have to adjust your demeanor in certain environments, you're overall being true to yourself and who you are. And when you're being true to yourself, you're going to notice more community, a life full of more adventure, more success, and just overall happiness with how things are going for you. So here are five simple steps that we're going to amp up the authenticity that you have along with the freedom that being yourself will bring. The first example is owning your weirdness. So just embrace who you are, the things that make you different from other people or things that you think might make you weird. Okay, so the difference I talked about earlier. One thing that makes me different from a lot of people I know is I cannot stand reality TV. I just would rather do more constructive things with my time. That makes me weird in some ways, but I'm actually proud of the fact that I don't spend hours (laughs) sitting on my couch and getting involved in lives or what those lives appear to be on TV that of people that I don't even know. I also kind of going back to the book of the week in wonder life, owning your weirdness means being unashamed of the things that you do love and care about. So let's say you're an animal person. You love cats. You're, you're crazy cat lady. You're crazy cat men. People always like to tease other people who love cats. I personally don't trust people who don't like cats, but Loving animals makes you a kinder person. It makes you soft. It means that you're capable of taking care of something other than yourself. Let's say that you enjoy listening to podcasts about paranormal encounters, that you listen to that. Some people will be like, oh, that's weird. Why would you want to listen to something like that? But you listen to it because there's a lot of history involved into it. There's a lot of research and there's just a lot of spooky factors that kind of keep you more alert and more alive and you appreciate the podcaster that you're listening to, the research that they did and the energy that they put behind the show. A lot of times the people that stand out the most and have the most success are the people who own the things that make them quote unquote weird based on society's terms. So your weirdness, the things that you may or may not think are normal about yourself, you're actually going to find that you connect with other people who have more in common with you, that you build a community, or you're putting your art into the world that are going to be appreciated by others. So when you appreciate the weird, quote unquote, weird things about you, other people might begin to appreciate it as well. Or you might find that people are appreciating the things that make you quote unquote weird. Number two, find purpose in everything that you do. So 
finding purpose in every simple task, such as making the bed or brushing your teeth. You're finding purpose in that is because you want good hygiene. You want to improve your smile for over the years. You want to be able to chew food for as long as you can without using soft or without using false teeth or having to settle for applesauce every day or even making your bed. Why do you make your bed every day? Because you like the neat appearance of your room coming to bed to it every night. When you are meeting with a client, what is the purpose of that meeting? What do you hope to accomplish when you set up that meeting? Every single thing that you do, when you buckle your seatbelt, you're doing that for safety, finding purpose in everything you do and every day, and then discovering new purposes about yourself. Part of starting this podcast was something that I wanted to do because I wanted to put my creative energy to the world and I wanted to inspire others. That came with a lot of self-discovery, what I wanted to put out into the world. I try to find purpose in every single episode. How can I inspire people this week? That's what I ask myself. So finding purpose in everything and even your social interactions, when you're talking to your friends, how do you want to inspire them? What do you want them to take away from a conversation that you have with them? When you're on a date, even if you don't end up with that person for a while, what do you hope to communicate to them? What do you hope they learn? And speaking of learning, look at your past, your mistakes, and failures as opportunities to learn from them. If you try to make a sale and the sale doesn't go through, what can you learn from that? What do you need to do differently next time? Your failures are just detours into a better path for your life. When you look at your failures as building blocks to a better future for you, you begin to see failure differently and you find yourself progressing more and growing more in who you are. I remember watching an interview with Sarah Blakely. She is the CEO of Spanx. She is amazing. She lives an amazing life, has amazing energy, and has built a major empire for women, changing the pantyhose game up all across the board. I don't even wear pantyhose, but I really look up to Sarah Blakely. When she was growing up, she sat at the table with her family, and her dad would ask each and every one of them if they failed today. And when they raised their hand and admitted to failure, they would celebrate that failure because that failure was an opportunity to learn and grow from it. So see the mistakes that you made in your past that you may be hard on yourself about or what you didn't succeed at. What is that trying to teach you? Or if something is happening in your life, instead of saying, why is this happening to me? Ask yourself, what can this teach me? You're going to find so much, and there's so much to learn. You're going to find a lot of personal growth when you approach situations that way. You're not going to accept defeat. You're actually going to find a better way to your victories in life. So again, what are you learning from past mistakes, failures, or occurrences? Something else that we can learn from leading to number four is identifying your fears and anxiety and where they come from. If you struggle with social anxiety or if you feel nervous around crowds, why do you feel nervous? Could it go back to childhood memories, being bullied? A lot of your anxieties and your fears come from external factors more than they do anything that may have actually happened to you or things that you were told. Were you told that you weren't smart enough? Were you ever told that you weren't pretty enough? Or were you picked on or made fun of growing up if you got up and spoke in front of people? There's so much that your fears and anxieties have come from 
that don't necessarily match up to the reality of what you're facing today, but being able to identify those and being able to work with those are going to only make things better for you as far as just your interactions, your goals, and what you're trying to accomplish on a day-to-day basis. And then that leads to number five. Number five, I strongly recommend taking time to invest into yourself and your personal growth. As I said earlier, being yourself and embracing authenticity, it's not just something that you decide to do and you do it forever and ever. Amen. It actually does take time and a commitment that you make. So what I suggest doing is taking time every day to invest back into you. These things that you do, it could be journaling. It could be basically reading a book. I like to read a book called Simple Abundance every day. It's an everyday devotional. It's Simple Abundance, a day book of comfort and joy. And it's by Sarah N. Rethbach. I think I may have butchered her name, but just look up for Simple Abundance, a day book of comfort and joy. Sarah Blakely, who I talked about earlier, she loves this book as well. It's just a good way for inspirational how to start your day and what you can learn from. I also love doing daily affirmations. So saying, I am successful at everything I do. You could say that every day. Make sure you believe the affirmation that you're saying. So if you're wanting to attract more money or if you're wanting to be more persuasive in a situation, you can say, I'm a very persuasive individual. I speak life into every conversation that I have. I love to motivate people. Just saying that to yourself every single day. You can say, I am a money magnet. And when you say that every single day, you say it in front of yourself, I am always finding ways to make more money. I'm always being creative and open to ways to make more money. Or if you are a life giver, if you're somebody that lights up a room, wants to, or if you want to be someone that lights up a room or brings energy into every room, say, I bring great energy into every interaction that I have. Just say that to yourself every single day until you eventually believe them. Now, the thing with affirmations, they have to be believable or they have to be a step above where you think your reality is to get you there. Another book I love is called Affirmations for Happiness. This is by Kelsey Aida. You just pick out an affirmation each day that you want to say to yourself and you work with that affirmation and you start to see that your surroundings improve after making that affirmation. And I promise you, I would not tell you to do something if I did not believe it worked. But Kelsey Aida, she's one of my favorite bloggers. Her and Lindsay Robinson have a podcast that I listen to called High Vibe In It. I listen to that once a week and it's all about self-improvement and self-development. So that leads to another. Continue listening to podcasts that are speaking life into your life. So something that makes you feel energized and recharged every time you listen to them, that's going to do wonders for investing into yourself. Wonder Life. It's the book of the week and the book of the week for a reason is because it's a great self-discovery book. It's going to make you proud of who you are, proud of the purpose that you bring, and it's going to motivate you to put the energy back into your daily routine and put whatever it is you want to put out into the world. If you are in the medical field and caring for others, you're going to realize it's because you care about other people, that you're very passionate about science, that you're passionate about making someone's life better. And just with anything you can with the simplest things is make other people's life better simply by just being around them. So 
Again, number five, you want to take time each day to invest into yourself so you can, again, bring good energy into every situation that you are in. So I'll go ahead and summarize the five easy steps. The first step, owning your awareness. The second step, finding purpose in everything you do. The third, seeing your mistakes and failures as opportunities for growth. Number four, identifying your fears and anxieties, where they come from and how to move past them. And then number five, I say number five earlier, number five, that's it, is take time to invest into yourself and personal growth so you can better see the purpose for your life and step further into your power that comes from being yourself. So again, what I'm going to say it again is Being yourself is being the most powerful version of yourself, your authenticity, your unique fingerprint, the things that make you yourself will be the thing that gives you the power to what you bring into any interaction, to a sales conversation, to making a speech to your journal, your podcast, your blog, to whatever it is you're trying to put out into the world. Again, I hope you found a lot of value in this episode and I hope that you are just enjoying this journey with me and to making the podcast and inspiring others. I hope that you leave feeling inspired and I hope you also recommend this to friends who could use a little pep in their step, use a little boost in their day. I would love it if you let me know what you think. I can be found on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review for Better Self or Net Worth. Letting me know what you're getting from this podcast and what you enjoy. Also connect with me online at Ella Konomic. I'm on Instagram, Ella Konomic. That's where I check the most. And also continuing to work on personal blog and website, www.forbetterselfandnetworth.com. That's where you can hear this podcast. But again, I look forward to connecting with you and also hope you have an amazing Thank you again for listening to For Better Self and Net Worth, an independent podcast. If you enjoy the show, please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Amazon and help me get the word out. Help support the show and also feel free to connect with me on Instagram. My handle is Economic, or check out the For Better Self and Net Worth webpage. It's www.forbetterselfandnetworth.com. I look forward to connecting with you guys and sharing more value. And again, I cannot thank you enough for supporting my podcast. Mm-hmm.